to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it, like Biggie tried to do, and saying, no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. A good soldier must stay focused on God in order to win battles. We must avoid distractions and remain committed to God and his will for our lives. Second Timothy 2 and 4 says it greatly. No man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. What he's telling Timothy is if you get entangled with the affairs or the cares of this life, you won't be able to be a good soldier for God. If you're constantly knocked off, thrown off, knocked off the horse, always falling, always falling and getting up like Donnie McClung said. If all these things keep happening, then you are entangling yourself in things where you don't have the, the time or attention to give to anyone else. You can't be uh, an effective soldier for God if you are your biggest issue. <laughs> so we can't be entangled in all of the affairs in this life. And this lesson is going to help you, especially with these scriptures. Satan inflicts battles to discourage and distract soldiers. The bad situation, I mean, the bad decisions of those closest to a soldier are often used by the enemy to harm the soldier and thwart God's will. Though the cause of these battles are beyond our control, we must fight valiantly to overcome all setbacks. Those closest to you, and what, we, what have we been talking about? People, most of us being born in some kind of dysfunction or mistakes that your parents or your grandparents may have made that set you up for some kind of failure. Those are the things that the enemy uses to distract and harm the soldier. You can't go forward because he keeps pulling you back because of what happened to you. Amen. You see yourself. You, 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 were, you were raised in a single home. You were in some kind of deficit. Your mother and father was abusive. You were neglected, abandoned, or you were sexually abused. Something happened to you, and the enemy uses that, the bad decision of others, to slow you down and stop you from becoming what God wants you to become. We live in an issue-oriented society where everything is geared to make everybody feel better about themselves but never deal with what is making them feel bad about themselves. But all these things come from dysfunction. When you're raised in dysfunction and you don't train people to have fortitude, you don't teach them how to have fortitude. These men don't get under a strong man. If they're raised by a woman only and they never get under a strong man or are influenced by a strong man, then they're going to have women tendencies. That don't mean you're gay. That just means you act like a woman. You make decisions like a woman would. Get mad and quit. Get mad and leave. Get mad, get mad, get mad. That's what women do. Well, women, you're supposed to be emotional like that. 
Because you have to raise children, so you have to be able to feel the child. And you have to be sensitive to your husband. So you're supposed to function like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not down in the woman. Good. You're supposed to be sensitive and cry and, and certain times of the month just go off and all the stuff you do. All the wonderful things that you do. All the sugar and spice and all the everything nice. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Need to change the sugar and spicy. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But a man isn't supposed to be like that, rising and falling in a cycle. Amen. Dude, you got a cycle? Amen. Man, don't talk to me. I'm too mad. Uh-uh. <laughs> Is it that time, brother? But all these things come because of dysfunction. Dysfunction in your past. So to be a qualified soldier for Jesus Christ, we got to undo the past and move forward. Look at somebody say, move forward. Look at somebody say, let it go. We got to let it go. Man, I'm sorry you grew up that way. I'm sorry your daddy wasn't there. But man, you better find a man and you better model his steps so you can be a man. But if you entangle yourself in the affairs of this life, you're too busy for God. Satan inflicts battles to discourage and distract soldiers. Oh, I read this, didn't I? Though the cause of these battles are beyond our control, we must fight valiantly to overcome all setbacks. 1 Peter 3 and 17, for it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil doing. Many of us are going to suffer because of what was done to us. Can we get that straight this morning? You're going to have issues because of what was done to you. It was not your fault. Things happen. Maybe your parents made a very bad decision. Maybe your grandparents made a bad decision. Maybe somebody that was babysitting you, supposed to have been watching you, made a bad decision. Maybe someone just made bad choices along the way, and it's not your fault. You got to let that go, too. Amen. Amen. Because the anger, the bitterness, the things we've been talking about pertaining to that situation will occupy your mind and your time, and God has nowhere to get in. We don't need to alter the service and the church to appease you and make you feel better about your issue. We need to keep the church to church and deal with the issue. That's what we do here. Amen? Amen. We're not going to come up here and smile like Joel Osteen and make you feel like this is the best everything ever. You done kill somebody. Oh, well, that's not God's best. No, no, we're not going to play around with it. We're going to be honest with you so you can get some help, get past the issues, and become a soldier. Y'all singing the song, Adam and Believer. I mean, is that what you are? Are you really rock solid? Other battles are self-inflicted as a result of poor personal choices. When the Bible tells us to do good, what is he saying? He's saying what? make good decisions. I read do good for many, many years. I would read it and say do good, do good, do good. So, you know, when we think of do good, helping the poor, the widows, going to see the sick, praying over the infants in the hospital, we think of those things as doing good, you know, just taking your neighbor some food, doing those kind of things, which those are good things. But when the Bible says do good, he's talking about making good what? decisions. The self-inflicted battles come because of poor personal choices. These battles are oftentimes consuming and detrimental to others. 
If you're a husband making bad decisions, it's detrimental to your wife and your kids. If you're a kid making bad decisions, it's detrimental to your parents. It's going to affect someone else. Amen? Amen. To avoid these battles, we must shun Satan's influence and make what? Good decisions. decisions. When surrendered to God, he will redeem us from the bad consequences of our behavior. Amen? Anybody been redeemed from bad consequences of their behavior? Amen. 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 You know, God is something. You, you, you fall, you mess up, whatever happened, and God will patch you up, bandage you up, he'll rebuke you first. Patch you, package you up, and then he'll just, okay, now get back out there. Go represent me. Make good decisions this time. Because that's what a father does. Amen? And many men are missing that because we're growing up without one. We've grown up without one. So we're missing that. We're missing that man that bandaged us up and, 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 and put us back out there. All we heard was our mother doing it. And when mama does it, it's just emotional to us. Doesn't mean the same thing. Oh, I can't get amens in here, but that's okay. It doesn't mean the same thing. You got to have a man. You need a man speaking into you and pushing you forward. Can I keep preaching? But when we surrender to God, he'll redeem us from the bad consequences. First Peter 3 and 11, let us eschew evil and make good decisions. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Folks see this and they just totally misinterpret the seek peace part. Let us seek peace. So then they pray, Lord, give me peace, God. Make me peaceful. Blessed are the peacemakers. So they shall see God. God, give me peace. Give me peace. Give me peace. But the peace is in the decisions you make. How are you going to pray for peace and then go get a car you can't afford? See, I just preached. Are you going to have peace? How are you going to seek peace and slip and look at porn? Because you got to be. Is that peace? Oh, I can't get amens in here. That's all right. Did I get too raw? Seeking peace don't mean asking God for it. It came with the Holy Ghost. Love, joy, what? Peace. Long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Oh, I came with the Holy Ghost. You already have that. But to exercise it, you got to make what? Marry a fool and watch how much peace you have. I don't care what you praying. You can be snotting. Change him, Lord. Change him. And he's looking at you like. I'm just is who I'm is. I've always been like this. Ain't gonna try that. And then pray for peace. Uh -uh, Peace on him, Lord, while he sleep. Uh (laughs) Wake up, grab your arm. (laughs) You will not seek it. I want us to read these scriptures the way they're written. What Peter was saying. Peter said, get away from evil and make good decisions. Then he said, seek peace. Then he said, seize it, ensue it. Meaning, the decisions you make are going to determine the peace you have. And if you don't have peace about decisions, maybe you need to evaluate those decisions. Amen. Don't don't spend a week going before God every morning, snotting and crying and nose bleeding and hollering. Won't you just go and take apart the situation and find out what about this situation is not peaceful? What part did I play? And then deal with that. 
seeking peace. I'm looking for peace. I'm looking to find out why I don't have it. Amen. Don't just try to get spiritual about it. Many of us grew up in that kind of environment where everything was spiritualized. Everything was spiritual. Worst decisions that could ever be made. But they could speak in tongues in 15 languages. Forward and backwards. Write in Hebrew backwards. Can't even write English, but can write Hebrew. I mean, just got gifts and talents. Oh, could they sing? Oh, and shout and dance? Oh, let the organ start playing. I mean, the rug is on fire. And you look at him, oh man, he's a wonder. He get up and preach, just turn the church out because he's singing with the organ and preaching and singing and singing and preaching. It got everybody going crazy. Then get out and make the worst decisions possible. Bad decisions. No peace. Dying with heart attacks at 50. 60 years old. No, you got to make good decisions to have peace. No matter how many times I say it, it's not enough. Your decisions determine your peace. Obedience. God's soldiers must be obedient. And if you're not obedient, you get kicked out of the army. It don't even have to be the army. It could just be an organization. Your job. Go on your job and don't obey your boss. You're out. Just imagine something like being in the army. You get in the army, you become a soldier, and you decide, you know what, I'm going to wear my jacket inside out like the Fresh Prince. I want the camouflage on the inside. You can't march with us, brother. We're going to shoot you. Yeah, dishonorable discharge. That's what it's called. You out because you won't obey the rules. Well, how do we think we're going to be in God's army? And make up our own rules. I think God is like this. Man, the Bible says he's not. Well, that's just in my heart. Good soldiers must be what? Good soldiers must be obedient. In order to receive victory, we must follow what? We must follow God. Remember that song, Victory is Mine, Victory Today is Mine. Not if you're making bad decisions. They need to add that to it. That needs to be the remix. Victory is mine. Not if you're making bad decisions. Victory is mine. Not if you're making bad decisions. Victory today is mine. I don't know. I told Satan. <laughs> need the remix, man. Folks be, I mean, just sing that. Victory, I mean, ain't paid a bill in months. <laughs> Gas man, come in, stand right next to you. <laughs> now, you can't shout that away. Obviously, you bought something you shouldn't have bought. Now, sometimes we fall on hard times. Don't get me wrong. Cashlessness comes. The spirit of cashlessness. It comes. Amen. Sometimes we lose our job. You know, bad situation. You're driving a car just so you can show the, your cousins. Amen. Amen. That's a bad, bad, bad decision. Second Timothy 2 and 5. Oh, did Paul break it down? If a man takes part in a competition... He does not get the crown if he has not kept the rules. How many of you know you're in a contest? God started the contest. 
in Genesis 3. He started it. He charged the devil up. He said, look. He said, one of these days, my seed is going to rise up and your seed is going to bow before it. And your head is going to be so low before it that it's going to bruise your head and the heel is going to bruise your head. That's what he said. He set a contest. So the devil, Genesis 6, challenged him, took the challenge and said, okay, let's create some hybrid beings and mess up mankind so that that seed will never come forth. God said, okay, I'll destroy all of that and start all over. And it was the contest. That's a contest. Did you know that? Did you know you was in a contest? Keep doing good and watch what happens. Then you'll see. This is a this is a competition. Amen. Amen. You could just be sitting down one day and it start happening in here. I want to do this. Like Paul said, it's in me to do what's right, but evil is there too. What are these two things? It's a contest. Look at somebody say, we're at war. You're at war. You thought you was going to come? I don't understand people that come to ABC. You thought you was going to come in here and chill? It's a contest. And God needs soldiers to fight. If any man takes part in this contest, he does not get the crown if he has not kept the rules. When you don't keep the rules, you're disqualified. A good soldier learns to obey God by doing what? That, that doesn't make sense to somebody. You know, somebody read that and say, oh, he said the same thing twice. Learns to obey by obeying? No, I didn't say that. I said he learns to obey God by what? Practicing. Practicing. Well, how do I practice obedience, pastor? God established a chain of command in the earth. When we understand authority in the natural, then we can understand and submit to God, God's orders. That easy. That easy. You got to learn how to obey somebody here to learn how to obey him. That's okay. That's okay. You don't have to get with that. You don't don't have to get with that. That's why wives, that's why you marry a husband. He's teaching you obedience. Uh Uh-oh, that just made some woman jump up and let me turn around. Somebody's storming out the door right now. They ain't submitting. Submit. Yeah, you're submitting to his authority as a man and that's teaching you obedience because obeying him is obeying God. Look at that. Yeah. Yes. I said it. Yeah. You can't skip over your man and try to talk to God and be with God and all that and treat him like trash. You can't skip over him. You better do him right. That's doing God right. You submitting to him, he is submitting to God. I submit to God. But you don't submit to your husband, you don't submit to God. Men, the same thing. You got to submit to somebody. That's why you have a job. I see these brothers that's always just here, there, everywhere. No settling. Everything is unsettled. Their whole life is unsettled, whatever. I already know your work habits. You don't work a job. If you have one, you ain't doing it right. Every man. You need a nine to five. You need to punch a clock. You need to get up and do what somebody tells you to do. Ah, I'm going to be independent. I'm going to No, you don't need to be no independent. You 20-something years old? Man, you better take some orders. That's the only way you're going to learn how to be a man. Uh, I hate work. Adam did too. Yes, sir. He work is punishment, dude. Yes, sir. That was 
punishment. But God knew you need authority. Now that you done backslid and followed this devil, I understand. You need to submit to men in the earth to understand submission to me. This is describing God's authority and why Jesus came. So there's this ant and it's running. And at the end of the park, there's danger there for the ant. Somebody had laid an ant trap thing. Well, you know, ants are going to go right back. They're getting food. They're going to go right back into the mound. Well, the mound has been poisoned. So trying to warn the ant. So if you stand there and try to warn the ant, you say, ant, stop. What is the ant going to do? It's going to keep going. You say, stop. What is he going to do? Keep going. Take a stick. Put it in front of the ant. What is he going to do? Walk over. Take a brick. Put it in front of the ant. What is he going to do? He's going to go around it. He's going to keep going. So God said, you know what? I got to become an ant. Because that's the only way I can communicate and this ant will understand. So God took on the form of man to come down and speak to us and teach us what thus saith the Lord. And then when he left, he left it up to the fathers and those that he had called and charged, the pastors. You teach the people authority so they'll understand submitting to God in a man is submitting to God. Yeah, you don't come here to be homeboys with the pastor. What's wrong with you? I don't need no extra homeboys. I mean, it's cool to have a relationship, but man, if I'm going to tell you something to worry, say, man, you better listen. Amen. Don't you go measuring me. Nah, I'm back. A little too short. It's the word of God, man. Yeah, that's how you practice. A man practices obedience by going to work. Some of y'all got talent. You can go start your own business, but it ain't time for that. That's why it keeps failing on you. It's not time. Right now, you need to spend your years listening and taking orders because you out of control. That's why you have no stability. Yeah, start a business later. Take orders, man. Just say, look, I'm going to get a job and listen to somebody. That's stability. That's how you practice obedience. Amen. Amen. Doing what you telling yourself to do is not practicing obedience. Sitting up talking to yourself. Am I preaching in here? You want to be a soldier? How many of you want to be a soldier? Then you better practice obedience. When we understand authority in the natural... Then we can understand and submit to God's orders. Hebrews 12 and 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? If you're going to be in subjection to your earthly fathers, you've got to be in subjection to God. And you're in subjection to God through your earthly fathers. you got a bad relationship with your daddy, you need to go fix it. Because that's your father. Once you fix that, God can use you. He can't use you until you fix that because it sets the wrong precedent. You're not going to skip the earthly father and get to the heavenly father. Well, what if my father is not here? Then I'm not talking to you. I just got to break it down because people will just make it plain. We must honor, respect and even forgive the authorities in our lives. Can't sit up holding a grudge with the authorities God has placed in your life. 
your mother, your father, your elders, your adults, whatever, the pastor, whoever, you better get it right. You got to honor, respect, and forgive. I'm not asking you to come up here and put Carmex on my lips and comb the first lady's hair. We're not like that. We don't need all that. All we need you to do is Can you listen? You know how bad it insults us, how bad we want to quit when you go on that hole where y'all don't understand thing? If we don't understand, you're in the wrong church. If we can't relate, you be here all you're gonna do is cause strife and confusion and gather some folks up and you're gonna leave anyway and take them but if you're gonna honor respect not just us yo and it comes from your parents you honor and respect your parents you make relationships right they can be mad talk about you like a dog you better learn how to have tough skin that's just my mom. That's just the way she is. I'm still going to go around. I'm still going to mow her grass or whatever. I'm not going to try to set the lawnmower in her lap. I'm just going to keep on mowing. I'm just going <laughs> to... Sick of you, mama! <laughs> no, man. You got to learn how to understand where she's coming from. You don't know how to just say yes, mama, and not mean it? Are you, are you crazy? Yes, yes, mama, yes. Yeah, mama, yes. That's all you got to say. That's all she want to hear anyway. She just want to hear you say, even if she know you ain't going to go do it. Just yes, well, yeah, well, at least he said yes. No, I mean, no, mama, no, no, no. All your advice is bad. All of it. Look at you. You're about, you're just, you're going to hell. Don't talk to your mama like that. Help, help. That's right. Don't let me see it. I'm going to whip you. That's right. We honor and respect and forgive the authorities in our lives. You got baby mama drama. You need to figure out a way to work that out. Be kind. For the sake of the child, can you do that? you're pulling the, the, the child back and forth because you mad don't you know that's affecting the can you heal that situation can you find peace in it I'm preaching to somebody in this place today you want to be a good soldier can you deal with that See, we, we, we're doing stuff now that's not even in the bible you know the, the blended families now ain't none of that in the bible because it's dysfunction the bible's not talking about dysfunction it's, it's talking preventive to keep you from having dysfunction. But when it comes to dysfunction, man, do the best you can. Look, somebody just don't even understand that. Well, it's got to be in the Bible somewhere. No, you made that up. That's a Frankenstein. The Bible ain't got no words for Frankenstein. You made that situation. So you got to take these scriptures and practice these things to try to make it the best you can. There is no ideal situation when it comes to baby mama. Because it's baby mama. Drama. It's inherent with the baby mama. It rhymes. 
So don't go to a church looking for the baby mama ministry. Just make good decisions, brother. Find peace in it. Get along with her. She just crazy. You slept with her. So you crazy too. What you talking about? Man, I know I'm preaching in here. That's all right. And I hate to see when it's two people that had a child together and neither one of them is married and they both still mad at each other and ain't neither one of them praying for reconciliation. You just hate them. Do you really hate them that bad? Well, you, 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 did you once love them? You had to once like them in some kind of way. You can't let God manifest that and turn that into a relationship. Can't you pray for reconciliation? Don't you understand that's what God wants to do? He wants to bring you together so you can be based in the word now. He would rather avoid the whole baby drama syndrome and try to fix this thing. And that's not possible all the time, so don't, you know, amen. Obedience and reverence to our elders will place us in a position to be used by God, to win battles and to do what? Obedience and reverence to elders. Just old folks in general. You see them in the store. They need some help. Just help them. In the car. (laughs) Lord, I've had to just pray on this one because they don't drive well. (laughs) They don't retest you. Man, you be behind a car just laying on the horn. Ah, Get out the way, you old guy. You get up there and it's... You be like... Oh. <laughs> now nah, you know you just you know but treat treat them right treat old people right man there's a blessing in that respect honor just honor second and it just it doesn't mean just elders in age it means elders in authority too help you win battles help others second corinthians 10 and 6 and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when you're what? Did you hear that? When you learn obedience, now you can go revenge disobedience. But you got to first learn what? Obedience. Perseverance. Soldiers are not allowed to pick and choose which battles they want to fight. I'm just not going to deal with that. I'm just not going to deal with that. Yes, you are. You caused it. And even if it wasn't your fault, you got to deal with it. A good soldier fights because he is what? Chosen. Chosen. Many are called, but few are what? Chosen. Many times we ask God, why me, Lord? But we should ask, why not I, Lord? Assuredly, we are chosen to endure trials that will make us better you went through that only to make you better you wasn't listening to God devil came and God said okay they need to learn how to be better anyway and you have to endure a situation but it only made you better that situation you can handle it next time you can deal with it so don't ask why me Lord why not you if you're chosen to be a soldier, you don't get to pick your battles. Amen. Soldiers get orders. James 1 and 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let 
patience have her perfect work that she may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Make you better. A person that's wanting nothing is better. Amen. They're better than they were when they were wanting. We learn and grow by the battles we faithfully endure. Subsequently, we are fortified and even rewarded with the ability to help others. Rewarded with abilities to help others. 2 Timothy 2 and 6, it is right for the worker in the vineyard, in the field, to be the first to take of the fruit. Summary! When we become believers, we are selected to be in God's army. We are his soldiers and we must fight continuously for him. The devil seeks to harm us, even in our innocence, to keep us from being good soldiers for God. Harm produces issues that act as barricades. Issues block our ability to let go of the things that are keeping us defeated. When we are plagued by our own issues, we cannot help others out of their battles. A preoccupied soldier is spiritually absent without leave. But a good soldier must fortify himself and move past his own personal issues so that he can dutifully follow God's orders and rescue others. We must conquer the battles in our lives and move past the distractions of the enemy. Once we conquer these battles, we will be in position to help others escape theirs. 2 Timothy 2 and 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.